dropped there, fella. I'm sorry I don't know that. what was wrong with that there, but uh, it seemed like something was up. Uh, you, you got something wrong with your throat? You, you need a little uh, sleeper call or something like that? I got a one for the money. Oh, wait, do we got no money? Oh, wait, that, uh, I, I know we're... I got, rev- we're doing a show. Oh, we're reviewing uh, the Nixon and Elvis movie, and you're Nixon and I'm Elvis. I'm I, Nixon. Oh, okay, I have to see it. See I it. am not a cook. <laughs> 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 Get your hand off my penis! I'm too young to be able to do a Nixon accent. That's my excuse. That's fake news. This is the show. The show is real rotten. We have no money. It's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now, let's go, kids. Go. Is that what he says? <laughs> uh, I think the the po- the popular turn of phrase was "Go cat, go." Oh, cat. Okay, okay, okay. But but Kyle's not here, so so it's just gonna well, be us. Yeah, it can, it can be us. It's, uh, it's one we have no money. Two, this is the show, real rotten. Uh, the definitive podcast for movies under twenty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Nick, and that is Steven. And three. Go Cats Go, as in the movie Cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, but let's not let's not dive into the past uh, uh, too much because we're already doing that for this episode. Elvis Pod. It's an Elvis Pod. It's uh, not the new movie Elvis, uh, but that is the reason we're doing this. Yeah, I, I wish that movie was bad, uh, as as with many Baz Luhrmann films, but uh, it probably won't be. Currently, currently at a seventy seven percent after the um, those are reviews from the premiere. Mm, so. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be okay. It's, it's not going to get down to our territory. Yeah, um, unfortunately. It seems like it's going to be heavily divisive. Yep. Uh, just a couple of things about this movie. Uh, it is starring Austin Butler. Don't know who that is. Good for you. Uh, but Austin Butler... Wait, he's he the third baseman for the uh, Detroit Tigers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he, has, he has generic baseball name, that's for sure. Um, I would say more his most famous role, Tex... Tex Watson and Once, in, uh, upon, Once time upon a Time, Hollywood, which he was good in. I mean, if he I was remember in it correctly, for like five minutes. So yeah, um, he's supposed to be in the new Dune. Uh, the as as one as oh, the son he's of the fa- he is Fade. Yeah, Fade Routha. Uh, Routha. Wow. Routha. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he was also in Shannara Chronicles, which I heard was good. Uh, and then he was also big in the um, Yoga Hosers, Carrie Carrie Diaries. Okay, okay, okay. The, the prequel. The only thing I really know about Austin Butler is that for this movie, for Elvis, he's been in character. Oh, Method. Me- method. He's going. Me- he went Method for a very long period of time. I didn't know he. And that he he man. is he is still Method. He is doing his red carpet months after the movie no. at, with Elvis voice. No, no, no. Hello GQ, I'm Austin Butler, and here are my essentials. So guitars have have been very important in my life. That's Still talking true. like Elvis. I think Still Boz a, Lerman uh, forced him to do that. So Boz Lerman. He's in a contract. <laughs> Are you, you're not a Boz, Boz man. Right? Not a Boz head. I do enjoy um, the get down, but that's really the only thing I really enjoyed from uh, Mr. L- Mr. Lerman. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have a Boz episode uh, one day. Um, he, I don't think he has movies under 25. Is he just always average? He's always like 45, 55. I feel like that's his range. Except for um, Moulin Rouge. Oh, that's his only good, quote-unquote, good one. That's if you, his if certified you fresh. He has good movies. That's a great movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Great. Yeah, uh, his, his worst movie was The Great Gatsby, which was terrible. 
Uh, 48%. Remember the hype around that movie? That movie was going to be insane. Like Toby the, and Leo back together. Jay-Z soundtrack. Jay-Z. And there was only there was only one like real crossover song yeah. in that first sequence. I just, I'll just never forget how hyped I was for that movie. I think that movie... 2013 was a different time, I guess. Oh, yeah. That was the, that was the new Gilded Age was uh, 20, <laughs> yeah. 2013. Oh, um, yeah. That's what they're going to make the next Gilded Age HBO series about. Absolutely. About the, about the 2012s. Uh, we had a good... We had Obama in office. Uh, uh, Prop 8 was struck down by the Supreme Court. And life was good in 2012. Wow, <laughs> nine years ago. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Now here we are. Here we are talking about 3,000 miles to Graceland. Speaking of 3,000 miles, g- gas is at $7 a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, yeah, how much would it cost you to go 3,000 miles nowadays? In uh, one of those cars. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, quick, quick movie update for Kyle. Uh, this is straight from the source, which means Kyle told me this uh, <laughs> earlier this week. Yep. He said... Todd Phillips finished the next Joker script. So uh, that's from Kyle. I think it was announced on uh, Tuck- Tucker Carlson's show, so that's why Kyle <laughs> knows about it. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, in, in slightly happier news, Morbius came back to theaters and nobody went and saw it hey. again. <laughs> I think that was a fake marketing ploy. Like, <laughs> like they like they wanted to use social media so bad to 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 make this to make this film a thing, especially with its with its ghastliness. Um, and it just didn't work out. Like it's like, yeah, we like the jokes, but there's a reason why it's we're making jokes of it because it sucks. We're yeah, I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> I'm, not pay, I'm not gonna pay twelve dollars to watch this dumb movie, and I'll watch it for free when it's on Disney in about a week. Yeah, I I do love that uh, somebody started another change.org petition that was like, oh, we were all busy that weekend. Do it again, Morbius. Come back into theaters again. <laughs> so, shout out to uh, the Morb heads out there. I'm starting to think that you're ironically more pets, which I'm more pro for. I don't I don't I like this like I don't like the Zack Snyder type DC person. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Because that's what I thought was driving this Morbius stuff. I thought it was I'm the Joker, baby. Yeah, I like thought it was okay. I thought it was stuff like that guy who were like, Yeah, we're getting we're gonna force our will and get Morbius back in theaters. Morbius is actually a good movie. No, it's people that think Morbius is a bad movie and they're just memeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm pro that. I think that's the way we handle that movie, and especially Jared Leto in general. Meme right. him. Meme him t- until he hopefully uh, quits his job. Well, J- Jared Leto co-opted into the whole me- meme-averse that was, that was Morbius and Morbius 2 with, yeah, the, with, his new, uh, yeah, with his new <laughs> video. And it's just, why? Why would you do that? I don't know. He thought he was funny, but he's not funny. More, uh, Jared Leto's like a 50-year-old man. We, yeah. need to, we need to just tell him to start being old, but I think that he is going under some sketchy procedures or like he's probably doing um i wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's probably doing ibogaine every day he's drinking somebody's blood he's a, he's got a for blood youth. boy yeah he's got a blood boy without a doubt absolutely anyway we're here to talk about oh uh-huh, elvis and three thousand miles of graceland uh more more importantly elvis impersonators uh Stephen being the the real impersonator, me being the uh, more of a street corner impersonator. You are Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> as an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> or probably David Arquette. Let's yeah, let's, I'm more, let's be safe I'm more with of David a David Arquette. Arquette. Actually, yeah, maybe maybe more of um, a Christian Slater too, because I just don't. Uh, he just doesn't even try. Look, I'm just here to <laughs> yeah. rob a bank. He <laughs> just does Christian Slater as Elvis. Yep, yep. We're gonna get into that though. Yeah, yeah. Let's first, get a little a little taste. How many Elvises does it take to take Las Vegas? Let's do it. Scramble security. Come on! 
Kurt Russell. Everybody stay cool. <laughs> Kevin Costner. This could have been easy. Smoke? No, but I do everything else. 3,000 miles to Graceland. Nasty habit. Look for it on video cassette and DVD. What a fever dream that trailer is. Yeah. And it really <laughs> translates well into the fever dream that is this film. Um, man, what a what a what a ride. What a ride to Graceland. What a ride through Graceland. Um glad it's over. Yeah, we uh <laughs> never ended up at Graceland. No, never happened. Never happened. Yeah. It's a it's a throwaway Spoil line from the movie. Yeah, spoiler alert for the uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Nothing to do with Elvis's property. No, no, not at all. I mean, the well, property like intellectual property, yes. Yeah. Physical property, no. Yes. Um. Very. Yeah. W- weird movie. Weird. Weird just, movie. Just maybe one of the weirdest movies we've ever watched. Absolutely. And I've seen it before. That's the most Have unfortunate really? thing. Yeah. Watched it. Uh. On. Uh. See on, if I, on video release. I could see how they got you because that just the trailer saying those names in a row. Well, yeah. you're like, okay, this has to be a good movie. My parents saw Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell on the bill, and like, sold. Let's yeah. watch this film. They I mean, watch that, anything Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell related. I, that I and to, probably hundreds of thousands of people. Now Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner can probably be seen in the uh, Tyler Sheridan universe at some point. Oh, how, yeah. how Kurt Russell hasn't made his way over there yet is, is beyond me. I mean, you're probably uh, spoiling something, but he's probably going to be the big bad in Yellowstone. Yeah, he's got a he he can or grow in that new one. He's like, you need somebody with a large mustache. Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, that's exactly what we need. You want someone who knows how to skin that smoke wagon? Hire <laughs> Kurt Russell. Fourteen uh, percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Terrible rating. Not surprised. Forty-six uh, percent audience score. That's uh, more surprising. I think that that's that's the classic case of like yeah. uh, if if they go online and review it, it means it means something to them. It's still real to me, damn it. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's some Elvis heads who are just like happy for some representation, uh, or like it's, it's the like co- it's the, heads. It's the cost. It's the uh, it's it's those uh, the Tarantino boys. Yeah, like the action heads. It's like your city boys, but Tarantino boys. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna squeeze in that drop before the edit's over. Um, yeah, so this like, this to me is like people who really enjoy action movies and just enjoy gunfire and 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 you know relentless murder and dumb jokes um and of course like you said kevin costner and and kurt russell they'll they'll like this movie i i this this movie for sure resonates within the very very like um lower middle class blue collar type person who really enjoys listening to kid rock literally listen literally likes listening uh to old old music including Elvis weirdly including yep. uh like uh, I don't know Leonard Skinner It's a real uh, um genre of person is my movie brain it's a very, working but yeah. there, there's another word that I'm trying to think it's of It's not like, niche it's a bit it's more like Ameri- meta. it's Americana type of um, yeah, person Yeah you, go. you got it you who, got it um, faux Americana who is like yeah it it's kind of like Mar- Americana but not quite there yet The same person who thoroughly enjoys Pearl Harbor enjoys this movie Yes yes <laughs> yeah absolutely Well um, the Ron Tomatoes blur but while the premise sounds promising the movie turns out to be a tedious and unnecessarily violent heist movie that low on laughs and leaves no cliche unturned yeah and we'll, we'll talk about that more but um there's two different versions of this movie i think i need to see both versions to to figure out which which one i like best but we'll talk about yeah that, that was one of the more shocking revelations yeah. that i've uh because <laughs> there's a funny version of this movie and there's a not so funny which, I think we which, saw the not which so one funny. did we get i don't know i don't know 
Too bad we don't have a fact check or fact corner today. Today is just uh, just the boys. We need Bare to bones. we need to come up with a name for when it's just us two. But uh, until then, if if you have an idea, us text me. Uh, my blurb is from Elvis Mitchell of the New York Times. Oh, go figure. I had to send Elvis to review this movie. He of said you did. The picture feels longer than Presley's career and as irrelevant as he was by the time it ended. So this is a funny funny thing that you brought up. Not not the not the blurb. That's not funny at all. That is a good that is a good that's a very <laughs> gl- good blurb. Elvis Mitchell who who works for Turner Classic Movies now, big movie guy. Oh, um, GCM guy. Yeah, yeah, big movie guy. Um he I think like Elvis as a name not popular anymore. It's like you can't you after a certain person like impacts the world, you can't name that person that anymore. Like Elvis or Adolf or I mean, you would say Jesus, but then a lot of Jesuses out there. Yeah, a lot of Jesuses. But um, no Jesus. No in, Jesus in straight the English up. Way. No Anglican Jesus <laughs> yeah. is uh, up <laughs> yeah. in this piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, but but like have you ever met an Elvis? I've never met an Elvis. I Unless might've... it was a dog. I might have met uh, Elvis Andrews for the uh, Oakland. Oh, Elvis, Elvis Andrews. Elvis the pelvis. Yeah. He is a. Uh, he's an Elvis. I never met him. I've never met him either. Well, there you go. You so the answer is no. No, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I would seriously consider it as a as a child name though. I you think would. It, I think it's kind of fun. Is it is it past its prime? Like in regards to maybe oh, now Elvis. maybe now it's like cool. Yeah, maybe now it's except that you are automatically associated with Elvis. So that is like is like oh your parents big Elvis heads. My third child will be named Pol Pot. Uh, my uh, my blurb is from Jay Boyar, friend of the show, uh, from the Orlando Sentinel. Oh, Jay Boyardi of the yeah. Boyardi fame. Yep, Jay Boyardi. Uh, he says, with junk like this, only fools rush in. That's There's good. a lot of good Elvis stuff. A lot of good Elvis yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, notable critic, of course, uh, Roger uh, reviewed this movie because he had nothing else to do, apparently, um, in, in late February 2001. Uh, he gave it one and a half stars, yep. uh, which is surprising because I thought he would go lower. <laughs> um, uh, for the record, that's what I also gave it on uh, Letterboxd. Oh, nice. Um, why, why, why the point five? It just didn't feel like a one. It felt mm. like a, it felt like enough. There was enough good there to boost it up that half. <laughs> what was the good, Kurt? Yeah, we'll yeah, talk Kurt. about it. Yeah, Kurt. <laughs> uh, uh, Raj said, a sour and mean-spirited enterprise so desperate to please it tries to be a yucky comedy and a hard-boiled action figure at the same time. Yucky comedy uh, needs to needs to be in more uh, reviews. That's all I got to say. More yuck. Yuck is in laughs, not yuck is in gross, but it, it kind of is a yucky comedy as, as well. Yeah, it's yucky in, in CK and both K and double K. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fact corner, let's get right into it. Uh, the release date, February 23rd, as I alluded to, 2001. Pre-9-11 worlds. Pre-9-11 worlds, so you could so that's probably why this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because anything was possible. Anything was possible. Uh, rated R, two hours, five minutes, pretty long. Pretty, lo- pretty def- long. Definitely long when you watch it. Felt longer when Felt I long. first watched it. Didn't feel as long the second time I watched it. So the second time, once I knew the beats, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's, there's still like this. There's still a lot left, but yeah. <laughs> like, it it made less sense the second time I watched it, but it uh, felt shorter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tagline: The only one we could come up with is uh, "Crime is King." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really dumb. Uh, tag you're it. Uh, mine is Elvis has robbed the building. Hey, there's more. Uh, that's that's way better than "Crime is King." Uh, mine as well. It's five for the money instead of one for the money. Yeah. Or yeah. two for the money starring Al Pacino. Yeah. Five for the money. Uh, plot keywords. Elvis impersonator. Classic. Casino. Gun. Kidnapping. 
Bound and Gag. Bound and Gag. Bound and Gag. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. I think there's only one other movie uh, part uh, of that. The is movie Bound? Bound? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lana War- no, there's Lana probably War- some. Uh, actually, The Northman, uh, the latest to be included on that list. Bound oh, which is now streaming on Peacock. Uh, shameless <laughs> Peacock plug. Is it really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm watching that. Uh, Elvis Impersonator, though. There's, there are, there is a, uh, there's some good movies. There's that some have good Elvis movies on that list. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one that I think of the most is Honeymoon in Vegas. Nick Cage, James Caan, yep. and Demi. Uh, here, here's the uh, the what comes up when you click the keyword. We got Girl Next Door is number one. Who's the Elvis impersonator? In Girl I think Oliphant is an Elvis impersonator, or no. he just looks like one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, True Romance. Yep. Army of the Dead. Hot Shots. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The Firm. Walk Hard. Lilo and Stitch. Uh, there is a part where Stitch uh, dresses like Elvis. Uh, Wild at Heart. Another. Um, Oh yeah, Nick Cage. Man, Nick Cage is in a lot of Elvis films. He he's also got Elvis thing to him. He El- does. Elvis and Nixon, and then it, it goes on and on. But uh, those are just that's just a smattering of what's on the. Was his character in The Rock obsessed with Elvis too? I feel like that was a thing because he was. I wouldn't uh, put it past him. Yeah, him and Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner all fall into the. Uh, could have been obsessed with Elvis category. There was a there was an Elvis impersonator girl next door when they go to the porn convention in Vegas. Oh. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. I haven't seen it in a while either, but I'm sure it holds up just fine. <laughs> sure. Emil. <laughs> yeah, that guy's totally unproblematic. Uh, budget, $62 million. Uh, Paul Dano, actually, uh, probably the superstar out of that movie now. Yeah, he came out He came out strong. Wild. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Him Oliphant. 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 Yeah. Um, $62 million for this movie. It, felt, it feels like it costs more, to be honest. Two-thirds of that budget I was, is for I was, sure cast-related. Yeah, I was shocked at how low that um, that movie was. The low budget or yeah, the low, low take? Low budget. Uh, I, No. Th- not, that's, not, that's Not shocked about how much it made. Well, there's not a lot of effects in the movie besides pyrotechnics. Um, and, and they obviously <coughs> didn't film in an actual casino, so they, they that helped. Um, and, like, Elvis is not that really... Lucrative, um, eighteen million uh, worldwide take. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Uh, but we're gonna get into why. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of cool trivia about it. Nick, uh, why don't you why don't you say your favorite? Well, the first and the best one is when the film finished shooting, Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell disagreed about the way the film should feel. The studio let both stars edit their own versions, which were then shown to test audiences. Russell's cut was more comedy oriented and focused on his character's relationship with Sybil, Courtney Cox. While Costner's was more action-oriented, and this was not the first time their creative differences affected film. Yeah. I see Tombstone and Wyatt Earp. So this is basically Tombstone and Wyatt Earp remix. Why do these guys keep working together? So, well, that <laughs> wasn't the original idea. Do they just like each other? And then they're like, but then at the end of it, they're all like, they're both like throwing their weight around. So with Tombstone, Kevin Costner had issue with the director or the writer or something like that. And he said, you know, screw it. I'll make my own Wyatt Earp film. And and so uh, Kurt Russell, who play who plays Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, basically took over directing and writing roles because uh, I guess the morale uh, got shot out of him <laughs> from uh, from uh, from uh, Kevin Costner. So th- there you have it uh, w- in regards to like creative differences. Uh, Kurt Russell was a, a major you know winner out of the Tombstone uh, Wyatt Earp fight. Um, no one knows Wyatt Earp anymore. No one knows Kevin Costner films beyond um, Dances with Wolves. I think that. Um Kurt Russell won this battle as well. Yeah. 
The no. movie feels like the more, I mean, more comedy and focused on him version. It should have been funnier. It should have been funnier, to be honest. Uh, especially the way that they, they carried themselves. Like, Kurt Russell should have had more uh, dumb lines uh, than he than he originally had in this film. And then uh, Kevin Costner should have played a weird, a, a, a more weirder, uh, less less creepy, less... Him attempting to be creepy? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um... So this is a funny one, uh, or I don't know if it's funny, but it's interesting. The head of the studio behind the picture, uh, Eli, Eli, Eli Samaha, was successfully sued by the German finance partner Betty Beres in 2004 for fraudulently, quote-unquote, padding the budgets of the film he was producing. Uh, Beres' company, Entertainment, was paying a percentage for the films based on the budgets. It is believed due to Samaha's deception that Beres may have paid $100 million more than he had to. Lawsuit ended up causing the closure of franchise pictures. So this was the that last was a franchise $100 million, dollar, yeah, $100 million overall. But uh, in this movie alone, it says, on this picture, he approved $14.5 million in overages to the cast, in quotations. You know, went to went to and uh, Ellie. Ellie just stole sixteen million from just this guy. Wilford <laughs> embezzled. Uh, other franchise films. There's eight of them. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Angel Eyes, Heist, Get Carter, Art of War, The Pledge. The franchise films is a re- a real rotten. Uh, <laughs> Heist is allegedly a good film, though, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the only franchise hit: Hold Nine Yards. Oh wow. Yeah, these are all these are all early two thousand yeah early two thousand gems. Heist movie is the David Mann. Uh, and here's the answer to our other question uh, between the cuts. Costner's cut tested higher, and it was dated for release February twenty third. There so you go. Costner, so we got Costner, the Costner cut. Cost, so Costner did finally take over. After. Why didn't he get the editing credit though? That's weird. That's weird to me. The it's just insane that they let them do that. Yeah. Well, there they were. Two of Hollywood's biggest stars in the in the nineties and in two thousands. The so. director had nothing to do with the editing, or like he he didn't have an editor. He's speaking he... German. They don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classic, um, a classic Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner situation. The, the, just them being in actors and, and taking no, control. Troll, Troll Two, where the director speaks a different language and oh, nobody yeah. really knows what he's saying the whole time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice callback. <laughs> Uh, there was one other to- uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, obviously, be, uh, I-, I think this is a Kurt Russell podcast. We're in point of contention forever about it. But Kurt Russell made one of his early screen appearances in in uh, movie history um, in the Elvis movie. Uh, it happened at the World's Fair, and later played Elvis in a TV movie directed by John Carpenter. Yeah, and also was the voice of the young Elvis uh, that appeared in Forrest Gump. I didn't even know that he was a. Voice in uh, Forrest Gump. That's just your alley. It's so up my alley. Uh, it, it's if you rewatch it, you can totally I'm, I'm, tell it's dubbed. You know, I'm sad for you that uh, this movie is so bad. Yeah, well, you know, it's, but the good news is it is one of like Kurt Russell's four movies that are under 25. percent Right. So there's a there's a only one of the the only reason we're talking about Kurt Russell in a bad way is because of this film. Let's be honest here. Yeah. I mean, that's what I am. Uh, the who's of this film, uh, director Damien Lichtenstein. Yeah. Uh, didn't do anything after this. Didn't do oh, anything the, this. Uh, the last uh, trivia that I liked was prior to the film's opening, uh, Warner Brothers released a series of animated prequels voiced by the Elvis impersonators from the movie. That's wild. The Road to Graceland prequels marked the first time a major film's cast members contributed their talents to the creation of original internet content for a film website. Wow. The animated shorts were also revealed that Michael Zane, Kurt Russell's character, was in fact the other man whose DNA tested as Elvis Presley's son proved inconclusive. Yeah, so in the movie, it's alluded that Kevin Costner's uh, DNA is inconclusive on <laughs> if he's the father or if, if Elvis or, is the father of him. Yep. 
And so Kurt Russell being the other guy. So, yeah, I guess they're brothers. But uh, pretty cool that they, uh, it was like just maybe like three years ahead of its time. Yeah. In, in, uh, in internet content for movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Wachowski saw that and like, we can <laughs> definitely do better than that. Uh, writers of this film was Lichtenstein as well as uh, Recco, Richard Recco. <clears throat> not Richard Greco, Richard Recco. Yeah. Uh, notable crew. There's not a lot. Uh, Lichtenstein. His only other thing. He now he just does like short documentaries. So he, weird. He never really did anything besides this movie. Yeah, it must be. You know. You know. I'll blame it on Illy. I'm blaming it on Illy Sama. Uh, notable crew. Not a lot. Like I said. Uh, but the costume designer, Mary McLeod, um, who is, uh, I guess, um, you know, a regular in the in the costume design industry in Hollywood. Um, she's. She's a friend of the show. Yeah. She's the costume designer of the pod, if you ask me, because she did Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2. Okay. Trapped in Paradise. Yep. Boondock Saints. And, of course, the the one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, A Christmas Story. Oh, we loved her Trapped in Paradise uh, outfits. Yeah. Great sweaters. Great yeah. sweaters. Great sweaters. Sweater core. Yeah. Yeah. Big big uh, big sweater guy. Uh, actors in this film, obviously, Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner. You got Courtney Cox. Courtney uh, Cox. Uh, fun. I didn't know that there's an extra E in there. Courtney, Courtney yeah. Cox, yeah. Courtney, Cor- not did, Courtney. Did you know that? I didn't. I, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. How many people know that? That can't be. I guess all the friends' heads they probably know it since they've seen her name so many times. I mean, look up. Yeah. Can you send like a text? Courtney. Can you send a text to Shelby and ask her to spell Courtney Cox for us? <laughs> How can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, can you spell Monica's name? The actress, <laughs> actress, the actress who, plays who plays Monica. And then by the, uh, I, I'm gonna have Kyle do it to uh, do it to Jessica. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, you also have Christian Slater, uh, Kevin Pollack, David Arquette, John Lovitz, Howie Long, uh, THC, also known as Thomas Hayden Church, Bokeem Woodmine, Ice T, and David K. Who? What does David K. done besides this movie? Nothing. Jesse Wayne Uh I was wondering that too because he looked familiar. He did, but um, as a kid, he he. Let's just do it right now. He's a good voice bad actor. kid performance. Uh oh, he's mids. He's mids. Very mids. I think he's okay. Yeah. Um, he's not. Uh, so I think I definitely remember him as one of the kids from uh, Legends of the Fall, which okay. is actually his first performance. Makes sense. But yeah, the uh, strong, strong cast. Very strong. Strong. Cast. If you had told, if you said all these names in a row, I would say this movie is like an eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and you tell me like the premise, I'm like. Boom. How, how can you go wrong? That's that's going to be a good movie. Yeah. If I was in the right movie going age in 2001, where this was on my radar, I would have been very hyped for this movie. I would have been <laughs> a little worried about David Lichtenstein. <laughs> a little bit. Damien. Damien, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I would have had utmost faith that these guys would make a good movie. But it, apparently it was during uh, Costner down years. So. Oh yeah, bad. Uh, Costner was down bad uh, these years, and then Kurt Russell kind of, kind of was coming back. Um, but he he had a couple bad movies as well. Uh, see Escape from L.A. and Soldier. Um, but that wasn't his fault. Nothing's ever Kurt's fault. Yeah, nothing's Kurt's fault. Uh, movie plot according to Rotten Tomatoes: It's Elvis Week, International Elvis Week in Las Vegas, where the strip is flooded by a sea of king wannabes decked out in jumpsuits and sideburns. Five of the impersonators swaggering into the Riviera Hotel are toting heavy weaponry in their guitar cases. It's the heist of a lifetime, orchestrated by ex-con Michael and his cunning former cellmate Murphy, uh, Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner. The crooked Elvises steal away with $3.2 million, leaving the hotel in ruins and a high body count in their wake. That's it. That's the movie. And roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's so much more unnecessary aftermath of the of the robbery, but we'll talk about that. Uh, the entire movie is aftermath of the robbery. Yeah, the robbery takes place in the first 20 minutes this, of the film. Yeah, the robbery happens immediately, and it goes haywire immediately. Of course, because uh, Kevin Costner uh, has, a, has a thirst for blood. So that's my first are you for real. My first are you for real is what the fuck are they doing making the robbery the first 20 minutes of this movie, and then the rest of the movie, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it I, was, Also, terrible plan. So let's just, we can just set it up. Kurt Russell gets out of, uh, out of jail. Mm-hmm. Shows up at this little motel outside of uh, outside of Vegas. Yep. Meets Courtney Cox. Who apparently runs the hotel. Who runs the motel, I guess. Who's squatting at the hotel something. Uh, it's her, and him and her is the only two guests, apparently, of yeah, this last until, chance hotel. Uh, until Costner and the rest of the crew shows up. Yeah. They take him. They immediately go and rob the hotel. They have a plan, kind of, to get in and out. The yeah. plan is... Use Howie Long in his helicopter. Yeah, Howie Long is in this movie as a helicopter pilot. Beautiful goatee. <laughs> yeah, like the goatee of the of the Honestly, of the decade. No, no bad things to say about Howie Long. In yeah, this he movie. did fine. Yeah, he did fine. He did fine. He did his he he filled his purpose, but he uh, he was a little late picking them up. But he did get a singing part where he he's just cruising in cruising oh, yeah. into the hotel. What's he singing? I forget. Uh, <laughs> is it an Elvis song? No, no, it's definitely not. It's like a it's a classic rock song. It's like doo 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 doo. Just slip out the back, Jack. Making no plans, stand. Don't need to be called wrong. Just listen to me. <laughs> Is it that one? Yeah, that one. You know that song? <laughs> sure. <laughs> they grab all the money, but they don't really have an escape plan leading up to just helicopter picks us up. I think that's really the only plan they have. Uh, was Kurt Russell is running the elevators, so he he must be like some sort of technical prow. He has some technical prowess. Like that can, was his. That he, was his. his he's part. the re, he's the rewire guy. He's the guy who gets the elevator to pick them up, yep. take them to the top where they just get in the helicopter and go. I don't know how they thought they were going to get. How they first of all were not going to get seen doing the robbery and then get from the the room with all the money to the elevator without being stopped. Yeah. That was a long walk that they took, and they were being followed the entire time. Well, the security didn't want to, you know, cause a ruckus. I think yeah. that was the big, so the big deal. Was that what Costner was banking on? Yeah, he was banking that, on that's like what the plan was them, the security to keep it cool. Like, yeah, they're going to rob this place, but they're also loaded to the teeth with with weaponry, and they're not going to let civilians get in the way of that. Eh, Kevin Costner had other ideas. He just started shooting. That was just a shoot. <laughs> if if you thought this movie was going to go one way, the way that the movie is going to go is right when they start shooting. Yeah. That's the rest of the movie. I think that's like it's the- not the heist. This is not a heist movie. This is less a heist movie than it is a murder movie, which is just like and that's more of a knock. Like you need to have more crazy gunfights. There's only two major gunfights in this in this movie, uh, and and. Like I guess you can count the duel as the third one, but it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, um, every every other fight was anticlimactic. Absolutely. Um, another one we got to talk about is the opening credits of this movie itself. <laughs> yeah, of completely <laughs> CGI scorpions to, fighting each to other. To the very beginning, a black and white scorpion fighting each other to uh, the tune of what? What is the song that they are fighting? Couldn't under? even tell you. I'm gonna look it up while you talk about. Couldn't it. even tell you, but yeah, it's two CGI scorpions who look like the design of a scorpion uh, that you'd find in a tattoo parlor. Um, in real life, fighting each other with with their pincers using as swords. So there's like they're clashing like they're metal, but they're not metal. But they are metal. 
Um, it's very weird, but there, but that alludes to Kevin Costner's tattoo of him having the black scorpion, and then the final scene of the movie where um, Kurt Russell tricks Kevin Costner by uh, you know putting the whole putting the old scorpion in the bag trick, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really good. But <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, but you know uh, the song. Russell. The song is uh, "It's Gonna Kill Me" by the band Filter. Filter. Um, so Man, remember Filter? <laughs> no. <laughs> No one remembers Filter. <laughs> what What is that? It did sound familiar, though, when I heard it. Uh, they did the song. What song are they famous for? They're from Ohio, so that's why they're not Oh, famous. classic. Oh, they did the song, Hey Man, Nice Shot. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Hey Man, Nice Shot. Hey Man, have fun. You don't know that one? <laughs> I don't nice think so. Nice shot. <laughs> okay, I'll it sounds play cool. It for you real quick. It's, it was in, um, this song was in uh, Cable Guy when they're playing basketball. Yeah. Basketballs. You know Okay, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said, hey, man, nice shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what more for real moments? Uh, mom leaving the kid with a convicted felon. Yeah, that was uh, pretty tough. So Courtney Cox, a terrible mother. Courtney Cox in this movie, they... They, her character was not fully fleshed out, no, I would say. <laughs> no, not well written. Definitely written by a man who knows nothing about women. That is true. Um, so she's bad in a lot of ways. Her motivations were just something I never got the whole time. Was She was very mysterious and like, is she double-crossing everybody? Like, All the time. Who is she looking out for? Like, is not she, even does her she, kid. Does she know more? Yeah. She left her kid with Kurt Russell. Who just got out of prison. Who just got out of prison. So she could go launder the money. There's no way she's coming back. She tells no. the kid later on when she gets, like, when they finally reunite that she was coming back for him. But how? Was she? How? Was she just I'll pick you up back at that diner in about 10 hours. She was just like, I didn't, and he was like, you left you left your kid with a convicted, with a total stranger. And she's like, I didn't leave him with the stranger. I left him with you. Meaning that, like. The person I had sex with three times. <laughs> yes, she was just going to, she was just going to let him raise him. Yeah. And the, oh the man. The sex scenes. The sex scenes. like Sex scenes were weird. <laughs> just so strange. Also, like her, not to get too into the, into the lube on this one, but her, in the first sex scene, her yeah. feet are on the on the oh, yeah. on the uh, the headboard. Please bring it up. And he's laying down. It's like they're having sex, but her her like pelvis area is on his chest, so there's no way they could be having sex. Yeah, like Kurt it's Russell's not badly six foot badly seven. staged. Yeah. Badly staged uh, sex scene. Yeah, and also the fact that they leave the door unlocked so the kid can go in in and out of when they never, they're going in and out. They never really said whether um, they do that all the time. Like that's just like the, the kid always the, steals the scam they they run. Yeah, they did. They made it seem like his kid motivated. Like he knows when his mom has sex, that's a good time for him to like steal. Right, right. But you kind of got the feel, you kind of got the feeling that she's okay with it, and that right. yeah, and that she was just like yeah, this is how we get money. It's it's so strange. I never I never will understand that. But it, but it does bring up a good point. This this is a these yeah, are good. these are all call all, all odd callbacks to a Kevin Costner film from the '90s called A Perfect World. <laughs> okay, where he where he's an ex con and he kidnaps a kid on ha- on Halloween because he stole a car and the kid's in the car. I think. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like a road trip movie where the kid and the and the convict have like a special relationship. Uh, but the mom in a, in a perfect world actually cares about their kid compared to uh, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. There's a lot of that. There's a lot. Uh, of that I will say, Courtney Cox, pretty banging in this movie. She looks great. She looks great. She's probably what thirty in this film. Uh, Two thousand one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe older. She's married to Arquette at this time. Yep. So then we um, 
That all happens in the first five minutes of the movie. The robbery happens in the next 15 minutes. In the robbery team, we got... Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem Woodbine, who yeah. you would recognize if you look him up. C. Slater. Uh, Christian Slater, David Arquette, VA. Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner. And then these are the five, the wheel man. These are the five guys that they got. Five and guys. you're like, oh, I can't wait for this movie. This is going to be great. We're going to hang out with these five guys while they all like turn, turn on each other. Or like, right. Cool. David Arquette, Christian Slater, Bokeem Woodbine. All dead. All dead in the first 20 minutes <laughs> after, of this movie. After the, five minutes after the robbery happened. Five minutes after the robbery, Christian Slater has one like actual part of yep. this movie. And that's where he gets, uh, he threatens to, you know, use his weapon. But then it, it's really just a setup for Costner to use his weapon and say his, like, you know, the golden rule. Mm-hmm. Fuck the gold. He who has nickel plated makes the rules. <laughs> Everything was so overwritten so cool. in this movie. So cool. What a cool <laughs> phrase. Um, it's just not even, it just, it the... I could see the the first thought of it is good and being like, okay, yeah, let's rework the golden rule. Fuck the gold. Yeah, okay. This movie and is then the they epitome. They just force the rest of it. Yeah. They just force everything this movie. Absolutely. This movie is the epitome of wasted talent. You had all these great actors in this film and you gave them two bit roles, basically. Yeah. Two dimensional roles. They, uh, they, each guy had like one part. David Arquette had uh, when they're in they're in uh, the convertible heading to the casino to rob it. Yeah. <laughs> David Arquette says like he does like a celebrity death match, and he this is my favorite my favorite part. No cartoons, so that was a very nineties. Yeah, yeah, no cartoons, real real stuff. So He's no like, claymation. All right, check it out. Death match three thousand in the red corner, Frank Sinatra, and in the blue corner, Elvis Presley. All right, I'm not talking about no cartoon shit. The real deal. Real cat. Scrapping it out. Now, who's going down? Fight to the death. Who's got him? Then he's like, oh, but the king slips. He goes down, and oh. old Blue Eyes goes in for an Italian necktie. Whoa! The king is down! The king is down! No! What's going on, man? Let me know when you're going to do that, will you? Who said the king's down? Oh, come on, man. Let it go. Do I say something to you? Then shut the fuck up. So who said the king is down? Come on, man. We're just having a little fun back here. I know. So who said it? I said it, Murphy. Don't say it any fucking more. Uh, It was just a joke. It wasn't fucking funny. Sinatra. Fuck Sinatra. Nobody fucks with the king, and nobody ever says he's down Hey, Murphy, we all love the king. That that was my first hint of being like, oh, yeah, maybe this is in the movie that I think it's going to be. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of the, the, the quick wit, the quote unquote quick wit and the quick lines that they're trying to insert in this movie versus like actual gunshots. Um, the, the ratio is off. I need more guns, less, less, uh, less. Uh, yeah. Or, or better writing, you know? Yeah. Well, well. You know, that's why you have more gunshots. Uh, Anything else that we want to talk about? Yeah, the rest of it is just like weird road trip thing after weird road trip thing. Yeah, Uh, weird cat and mouse thing. So like Kurt Russell uh, gets double crossed by Kevin Costner. He survives the double cross because he's wearing a bulletproof vest. (laughs) Chekhov's Kevlar vest. (laughs) He's wearing a bulletproof vest. And then, so he he gets back to Courtney Cox because, uh, (laughs) because Kevin Costner runs into a... 
a uh, ran over a deer. <laughs> no, it was a uh, it was a coyote. A coyote. Okay. Yeah. Runs over it. Runs over or a, a desert animal. It looked like a desert wolf, actually. But um. Well, they called they called Elvis the, the wolf of the desert. No, they didn't. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He gets in a car accident, and so then, that's how Kurt Russell and survives just and them, runs away. They're they're just like making their way to Canada this whole time. Yeah. So they're just slowly traveling up, and there's two guys at Thomas Hayden Church. Kevin and Pollock. Kevin Pollock are two uh, U.S. Marshals who are like in four scenes of this movie and just saying the most ridiculous things, kind of chasing these guys, but not really doing a very good job. They're just no. like they're five steps behind everybody at all times up right. until the very end when they get into the shootout with Kevin Costner. Yeah, and the kid keeps going back and forth. There's like four endings to this movie. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. It's just a jumble of. They fleshed out the first and half of the second act, and then just stopped. They were like, "We will, we'll improv, we'll improv later." Kurt, Kevin, you guys know how this movie ends. You figure it out. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was very, it was very half. Uh, everything half was baked. everything was stitched together. Major half. There was film. like five scenes, and neither, none of them had anything to do with each other. They was just like one connecting thing in between them that somehow gets you to that next. The thing. final gun scene, very reminiscent of The Rock, if I bring, if I may bring that up again, with uh, the whole uh, the whole uh, warehouse major, fight. major warehouse fight, major shootout with with they did major introduce, weaponry. They did get to introduce Ice T for uh, that Hamilton, <laughs> Ice T as Hamilton, who is a one man gang, who all he did was uh, <laughs> he was on a wire and spinning, spinning and shooting uh, police until he got got. <laughs> Uh, just, just incredible. And he was, he maybe said what, 10 words in this film? <laughs> yeah. One of, one of which was like, I would like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or I want something peanut like that. butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Kevin Costner's death is, is probably the most ostentatious of, of, of it all. He gets trapped in a uh, control room with glass everywhere. And the, it's a tip, it's the prototypical cliched, uh, lasers pointing all over his body. And he just takes his machine gun and starts spraying. And, but they spray him right back, and they're way more accurate than him. And he does, uh, what is it called? Pure away after uh, <laughs> he spin after <laughs> yeah, spin yeah, yeah. after spin, uh, you know, dancing in the moonlight um, uh, with bo- bullets riddled in him. And you think he's gonna like pop out for one last gunshot? No, he's just dead. They over exuded that. It just didn't make any. Uh, that was the funniest, one of the funniest uh, gun deaths I've ever seen in my life. Though, was Kevin Costner uh, doing his uh, flailing and shooting. Um, very good. It was better than James Conn. Uh, what other real good stuff you want to talk about? We talked about the bad stuff enough. Are there any good things is my thing. The also, cast. also the Are You For Real is the entire movie. Like, you'll be saying that to yourself as you watch this entire Just movie. Just like, what the hell? What, why? If you have, why? A, if you have a penchant for a violence and you, you don't mind these, like, Tarantino knockoffs, this is probably the movie for you and you, you should give it a watch. And you'll still be shocked at how bad it this is. This might have killed the the Tarantino knockoff uh, uh, trend of the late 90s, early 2000s. I want to say it is, but it's prob- probably not. Probably not. Yeah. They just needed a more talented person to run this movie. Yeah. Uh, the best part about this movie was the cast, although they were poorly utilized. But I think we can <laughs> yeah. all agree to that. And uh, we'll talk about how they acted. In- yeah. So let's, let's get right into the acting. Who yeah. worked for you? Uh, Kurt Russell is good in this movie. We can all like, agree. objectively good in this movie. He's objectively, yeah. He does. He's he. I don't he lo- know. He, lo- he took the Elvis part seriously enough, but not over the top, right? And he was relatable. You you actually like. I he was the only guy I was like cheering for the whole movie. Right. He like made sense as a character in the movie. So it was like one thing after another where I was like, okay, I'm on board with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he did. He I, he he dances on the line of good and fine. 
I yeah. think it, it, that's the, probably the only knock I'll give to Kurt Russell in this film. Uh, the worst, I think we have a point of contention here. Who's the worst for you? Worst for me is Kevin Costner, uh-huh. only because he's in a different movie. Yeah, he seems like he's. He in just a went totally so he he went for like the psychopath, but I just didn't get it. Kevin Costner psychopath. That's Kevin Costner psychopath. Here, here's what I think is going to happen. It yeah. was it was like him uh, doing Javier Bardem. Oh, as Anton Sugar. And uh, as Anton Sugar. <laughs> that was like the the type of character he was doing. I think it's I like... want to see Kevin Costner play Anton Sugar now. <laughs> um who who didn't work for me? Um uh, it's a toss up between Kevin Costner and um what's his name? John Lovitz. Not John Lovitz. I was gonna say John Lovitz. <laughs> Courtney Cox. Uh no, it's um Courtney Cox was actually just like Fine in this movie, honestly. I guess, honestly, even though her character didn't make any sense. But. The toss-up goes between Kevin Costner and the very limited role that Thomas Hayden Church has. So Thomas Hayden Church, he's like a cowboy. He's got a cowboy hat. He's got he's got a belt buckle. Him and Ken Bullock, I don't even think they were. Did they add in that their scenes after the fact? They might have. They very well might have. They're like, we need we need some more background. Or we were they a bigger part of this movie, but what? it had to get cut? What government organization were they? Were they the FBI? U.S. Marshals? Oh, they were the Marshals. So why were they the Marshals if they weren't working with convicted uh, escape felons? They are technically. They're no, they're they're convicted, but they've been released. They didn't escape from prison. Well, maybe Costner. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know, man. Unanswerable questions. Um, <laughs> friends are Defoe. Uh, uh, my my thing, my Defoe inclusion, uh, you got to have a Smecker cameo. If you're going to get the U.S. Marshal in here, you might as well bring in your FBI bank robbery slash murder expert, that uh, been Agent a good Smecker. Call. Man, that would have been real good. Let let Willem go a little wild. Put Troy this. Duffy in as a as a shadow consultant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Troy Duffy might have helped. Speaking of Tarantino knockoffs, this is basically just a nu- in the same vein of Boondock Saints. L- this is literally like Boondock Saints meets uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. This is the same vein of those two movies, without question. Okay, where was Kevin Costner in his career at this point? He was he was down. Po- post-postman. He, he was down bad yeah. at this point. Yeah, post-postman. Uh, he was needed the money. He did for Love of the Game in 99. But, that, Sam, but Sam Raimi. Did you know Sam Raimi did Love did, of the Game? I did know that. I did not know that. Uh, he did Tin Cup, but then the postman really, really set him up. Because he did Message in a Bottle, Love of the Game, Play It to the Bone, 13 Days, Play it to the Bone, 3,000 Miles of Graceland, Dragonfly, Open Range, Upside of Anger, Rumor Has It. Um, and then things started turning around. He does The Guardian, which is, you know, just an average but decent movie. Mr. Brooks. Oh, Kevin Costner is in it as a cameo. And, and then Draft the Day. <laughs> um, open Range wasn't bad. Everything else, though, was bad. A lot of rom-coms, a lot of romance movies, uh, rom-droms. Um, yeah, no, not not. Well, I mean, he was doing paycheck roles. Yeah. You know what? Are you, what are you gonna do about that? Dragonfly, terrible movie. I think that's a future contender as well. Um, we'll talk more about where your boy Russell was at when we do our top five. What's your friends or Defoe there, bud? I'm gonna add Jennifer Aniston in this movie as a one of the diner, one of the diner waitresses, or one of the yeah, Vegas yeah, girls. Di- diner waitress. Um, I just wanted to see her and her and Courtney. In the movie together? Jennifer Anderson would have been a good role as the, <laughs> this is a weird scene, <laughs> as the girl in the gas station that Kevin Costner murders the guy who is uh, keeping her as a sex slave <laughs> and then takes her and then you think they're going to be like, he's going to like drop her off or like kill her or something. But no, he gives her, he gives her away to a biker gang <laughs> yeah. to go to Reno and that's the end of her story. Um, very problematic. 
I just have to say, you know. He like picks her up and she she insinuates that she does everything except uh, smoke cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. Mm. A lot of cigarette smoking in this movie, so yeah. that's a pro of this movie. So that was good. They make out. She gives her bubble gum to Kevin Costner while they make out. It's really, really yeah. Weird. She has a pack of bubble gum that she takes with her everywhere, and then he's like, "You ever been to Reno?" When this biker gang pull, pulls up next to him, his name's Murphy. This yeah. whole time too. Murphy. So Thomas Murphy, Murphy. Thomas Murphy. Uh, is there something there? There's got to be some sort of Murphy. I thought the Wayne Grow was definitely that's a that's a, a heat reference. Yeah, that's a heat but reference. It's it has, a Michael Mann. There's no way. You, there's no way you name anybody Wayne Grow without Wayne a bit. Grow. <laughs> Come on. Maybe that's the, the they tried to build the Heat universe. Yeah, uh, this is that's Wayne Grow's daughter or ex-wife or something. No, it's Jesse James Wayne Grow. He's Wayne Grow's the ex. He's felon. the son. Yeah. He's the son. Yeah. So okay. Courtney Cox's ex is Wayne Grow from Heat. Got it. Which is something to think about. That's, that's something, John Corbett. Which means that no, it's not John which Corbett. Which means that Kurt Russell's still alive in the Heat universe, right? So when they do Heat two, when they do Heat two, ooh, don't don't tease me. Wow, Heat two, Heat Heat two, Vegas boo. Too bad. <laughs> they needed Val Kilmer to be in a little better shape. For yeah, them, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeesh. R.I.P. His career. Uh, quotes. Not a lot. We already said one. You know the golden rule. Yep. We uh, talked about the it. other one is when uh, Kevin Costner steals this wombat van from this old man. This old man who's a fan of the Walla Walla Wombats, <laughs> a team that needs to exist in whatever universe. Yeah, and sport. then uh, Costner's trying to get through a checkpoint where he uh, dresses as the fan and he... Murders he, the old man, takes his <laughs> takes his identity, <laughs> turns into a super fan to, to bypass the cops because the cops can't recognize a guy in orange face paint. I guess not. And they uh, he comes up with his own catch, his like, uh, I know his how own to... His own rah-rah cheer. I know how to convince these guys. He says, pork chop, pork chop, greasy, greasy. We beat your team fucking easy, easy. <laughs> go, Wombats! Let's go! Here we go, Wombats! Hey! Yes. Oh, you traveling alone? Not unless you count team spirit. Mm. Oh, Wombats! All right. Let me tell you one. I have a new one. Listen, dude. Pork chop, pork chop. Greasy, greasy. We beat their fucking team. Easy, easy! Oh, I'm back. Okay, hey. Huh? Well, just do me a favor. Take it easy on the beer, okay? <laughs> and then the guy's like, lay off the beer, sir. And when he just should have arrested him. Yeah. Like, like oh, you're drinking. Like, this guy's a psychopath. He, yeah. He must be pulled over immediately. <laughs> that that was uh, the biggest hole in this movie, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that. <laughs> Tells him to lay off the beer and keep driving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep driving. Lay off the beer. This isn't I mean, Texas. Maybe it's that, Idaho. Maybe that's an Idaho thing. Yeah, that could sure. just be, could just sure be in an Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Utah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any other good quotes of this film. Yeah, three thousand miles of Graceland. That that's all we're gonna. That's all we have. It's a fever dream, and it, I hope you enjoyed. It's that an fever insane dream. movie. Um, it's not streaming anywhere. No, is, it's not. Which is it's good. A shame. No, it's a good thing. Let's keep this. Let's keep this under wraps. Okay. Um. So good luck out there trying to find this movie and or watch it. Uh, if you sure. like Elvis, if you like bank robbery movies, probably watch the first thirty if you minutes. Like, yeah, if you like Tarantino knockoffs, you know it's worth it. It's worth a watch. I guess it's a good short. It's a good like short film with yeah. with. A with a nice ending plot if you just watch the first 30 minutes with yeah, like Kevin Costner offing everybody and then driving away. Yeah. Not bad. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else beyond that, forget it. I think that's true. Don't worry about it. Uh, now it's time for the top five. Top five. We're going to do Kurt Russell, top five. Oh, my God. You have no idea how... Was this tough for you? Nerve-sided I am. Oh, man. 
Oh man. Uh, so so here's a taste of of all of his best films. I think um, he's got a lot of good films that that are not on this list. So by all means, uh, correct me if I'm wrong um, uh, with your list compared to mine. But I know mine's going to be. Uh, so I have two two observations that I'm already gonna that are already gonna prognosticate. One, uh, you're gonna mention movies that are aren't on my initial list. Two. I think the over-under of you and I crossing over on his top fives is over two. So I'm not even looking at your list. I'm just saying, you're, me. we're going to have at least two of the same film in the top five, if not top three. Okay. I think that sounds about right. You you definitely know more Russell than I do, which Man. is like the... Uh, I, 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 would lo- I would love to do a, a Russell deep dive. Kurt Russell, first uh, Disney kid. Did you know that? He was like Walt Disney's Walt like, Disney's son, like pro, like prodigy. He was the Walt Disney prodigy. Oh. So I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, well, let's just go from the beginning. Here, his first role in a movie, Dennis the Menace, the TV series. Yeah, first 19, movie role, in this 19, TV show, nineteen sixty-two. Uh, his first, he was uncredited in the movie. It happened at the World's Fair. Yeah, because he all he did is walk up to Elvis, kick him in the shins, and run away. So his first movie was Guns of Diablo. As Jamie McFeeters. <laughs> yep, one of the kids of the of the gunslingers. Okay. Um, he he had his major role and as the um, is it the computer wore tennis shoes? Um, and that's the one of the first Disney live action films. Uh, he played that role, Dexter Riley, uh, for two other roles. He was in the movie Follow Me Boys. Follow Me Boys. Number one pedophile movie, if you ask me, but also uh, <laughs> also a Walt Disney movie. Um, that he was in, so yeah, that, that so that put him on Disney radar, I think. So. Uh, Walt Disney wrote his dying note. Um, he like wrote Peter Ortenshies was his first like starring role, right? So. Right. Uh, Walt Disney's dying note before he passed away. Uh, just said Kurt Russell. <laughs> just really? his name. Yeah, yeah. He just wrote Kurt Russell, which is really weird when you think about it. Um, well, Kurt Russell to me is uh, has always been the the Goldie Hawn Kurt Russell relationship. Yep. And, uh, Gold relationship, yeah. dynamite relationship. Uh, one of the all-time celebrity couples, probably easily a top five. Uh, top five, yeah. top five celebrity. Couple. Absolutely, he was the man in the eighties. He was he was sort of the man in the nineties, and then he got to be our lovable um, uncle slash grandpa in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoy Kurt Russell. Uh, I'll never not. I'll never Seems not like, knock and him. Just and has just been an all-around good guy, according to uh, most people. Yeah, I really want to meet his son. I want to meet his son yeah. so I can meet his dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt, you're great. Let me talk to your dad real quick. <laughs> Wyatt, not bad actually. No, uh, Wyatt's Wyatt's good. Shout out to Wyatt. Shout out, shout out to YR. Kate, WR. Kate, you know, great too. Oh well, they're not they're not blood. So when you, you ain't blood, you ain't blood. Uh, so I hesitate to stick you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, what's your five? My uh, my five movie I deeply love, um, love to watch. One of my all-time favorite sports movies, number five, is Miracle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bone Tomahawk. Bone uh, Tomahawk. <laughs> uh, Bone Tomahawk was, it's honorable mention for me. Uh, okay, honorable mention. It's so not going to make my list. So Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks, possibly one of his, his finer roles um, in his later career. Um, yeah. If not his whole career. Um just, just an absolute that's, that's, dynamite role that it's, he did. It's my, uh, it's my only older, it's my only older Kurt Russell. As a coach, he, he, it, it, 
I remember it not being Kurt Russell. It was Herb Brooks, it was Herb which Brooks. is why I loved it. Yeah, he he took over the role. You you saw Kurt, but at the same time, you you it was Herb Brooks. He, he was Herb Brooks personified. The best part of the whole movie. Again. <laughs> again, again, we're gonna do it again. That's how we support America. Um, good five. Uh, my number five, probably one of the first roles that I uh, saw him way too young at. Um, it was the role in Breakdown. So the Breakdown film, uh, forever an advocate of this of this uh, action thriller. Uh, on my list, it is on your list. So there's not, one, not on my future list. I mean, on my list to watch. Oh, on your watch. <laughs> I list. haven't seen it. Man, it's really good. Um, it's really good for being a late 90s action thriller. Um, he plays uh, the role of a husband, and they're driving across country. Car breaks down, hence the title. Um, his wife gets in a car with a trucker to go to a gas station. He finally fixes the issue, and his car goes to the gas station. She ain't there. Yeah. Really good. I just listened to, the, I just listened to some people talking about this, and I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 a decent movie. Yeah. Um, I show I know I showed it before to, to Kyle and uh, and Shelby, and they were like, "Yeah, it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> What's your number four? Uh, my number four, I'm going to put Tombstone there. There you go. We already covered it. We already. Must, I've must, got the cover. Mustache Kurt Russell is another genre that I love. Very good. Uh, so he's got to go in there. Fair Tombstone's enough. not quite a Kurt Russell movie as much as it is like an ensemble, I would say. Yeah. It is like a lot of his movie, but you don't have the rest of that movie without, you know, the other guys. So You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it, it's not the best line of the movie. The best line in, in Tombstone is uh, skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> I thought it was when Val Cameron's like you don't know Daisy at all. <laughs> You're a Daisy if you do. Uh, my number four. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the audience pick here. Fox and the Hound because he plays adult <laughs> copper in Fox and the Hound. Uh, I don't know how you put this on your top five because it's Fox and the Hound. How do you not like Fox and the Hound? It's I love Disney Fox film. and the Hound. It's one of my most watched movies as a child. But, it's for but sure. also, it's not a Russell movie. It is because he's the voice of the adult Copper, and that's like the pinnacle climax of the film is when Copper saves Harley. Yeah, but nobody knows that. I didn't even know he was in Fox and the Hound until right now. Yeah, exactly. Glad I could educate you. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three is Escape from New York. Okay. Snake Blitzkin, he's got to be on the list. Blitzkin's on the list. There's yes. no way, and L.A. is a little too over the top for me. Personally, I mean, it's basically the same movie. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I do. So. I would say that. Uh, L.A. is the one with the basketball scene, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So where, that, which he, where he actually made the shot. Every shot. Every shot. Yeah. So that was the nearest thing that almost got it onto the top five. But I think New York is just the classic, and uh, it is the introduction, and he is a totally different character than he is in uh, any other movie I had seen up until then. Yeah. No. It was. It was. Uh, it was a quintessential role for him, without question. Uh, there was a. What's the scene? I guess not. I thought there was another sport-related scene in New York, but there isn't. There's a fight. There's a fight. Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Okay. Nine number three. This is this is where I get this is the point points of contention for me. I'm gonna have to. And his do first carpenter was uh, first carpenter was, the, was escape. escape right? No, he did or Elvis. He was the Elvis movie. With oh yeah, the, the TV Elvis movie. movie. <laughs> That's where they fell in love with each other. The year after Carpenter does Halloween, <laughs> he does an Elvis biopic. <laughs> Uh, love John Carpenter. My number three. This is gonna. This is gonna really 
Oh man, this is so tough. Um, yeah, because you not you when you went Fox and the Hound you and Breakdown, you really limited yourself on really great Kurt Russell. Well, movies. Breakdown was the intro to me. Fox and yeah. the Hound was a pleasant surprise. But then we go into like the nitty gritty of it all. Yeah. Now you, you now you're cutting like. A, a I good, got it. There's seven like good movies on here that you have to like. I get Squeeze it. into your top three. I get it. But but Bone Tomahawk ne- not necessarily a, a Kurt Russell movie. That's more of an ensemble movie like Tombstone. So number three is going to have to be McCready in the thing. Uh, the thing is is definitely top three film for me. It's a top three Kurt Russell. Um, it's my number two. It's one of his most iconic roles. In that that's it. He only played that role, and there's so much canon that takes place after the thing that involves his character. Um, it's really uh, it's really great. Really great, big. great bearded Kurt Russell, great bearded a man Russell. of many facial hairs. Mm-hmm. So it's good that we have a bearded Russell to fill in here. Yep, uh, it's my two because it great is, ending. It's still genuinely scary, genuinely gr- terrifying, gross, gross, just like practical wild. effects. Yep, beautiful. The peak of a uh, peak Carpenter, peak Carpenter. Yeah, that was almost Apex Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. damn near, damn near. Um, so y- anything else you want to say about the movie? Uh, and a, and a uh, a remake that's better than the original. That's a that's a hot take. I I refuse. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> um, so my number two is gonna have to be. It's between the two, um, Tombstone. It's it's Tombstone. He, a great role. The better Wyatt Earp. Um, the better Wyatt Earp. Better Wyatt Earp than Kevin Costner. And that's not and that's saying a lot because the Wyatt Earp movie that Kevin Costner did not the worst. It's just like four hours long. It's just too long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tombstone. Um, his role of a lifetime, the the one that made him realize that he can be behind the camera as well as in front of the camera in many, many ways. Um, you wish my number one is the same as yours, but it's not. <laughs> so what's your number one? Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. I mean, man, Jack and Big Trouble Little China. That's a that's a great role. It's very, uh, it's, it's it turned, so Kurt Russell. It turned the genre on his head. He was one of the only, g- another John Carpenter. This is, yeah. oh, wow. It was the most accessible John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a PG-13 film. But if, practical If effects. you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen this movie, I will tell you to go watch it and... Quintessential Hero's Journey. Just going to be shocked. Yeah. It's just shocking. They just, like, take the uh, the uh, the hero character, the dumb white guy, himbo, the uh, original himbo, mm-hmm. is... is uh, <laughs> He's kind of smart in it, He's kind of smart, but he's pretty dumb. The whole He's, he's dumb. always, like, he always has no plan, jumps into everything, has to be saved constantly by other people, yep. or just, like, luck out. By Chinese mysticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's a movie that you think wouldn't age very well, but is actually outstanding. It's really And just, good. like... It's campy as hell. Unbelievably good. Yeah. Um, I, who, I, I, first time I saw this was, like, five years ago, and I just remember being, like, shocked at how much I, liked, I watched loved this, it. The, my English teacher played Big Trouble in Little China uh, because uh, we were talking about Joseph Campbell and the Hero's Journey, and that's one of the quintessential Hero's Journey films. Um, who would win? Well, it's in the Hero's it? Journey in that it's making fun of the Hero's Journey, too. Yes, exactly. I listened to uh, the Big Trouble in Little China episode of Blank Check. Mm, yeah. It's a good one. Is it a good one? Yeah. Because they, they're they, the same face. They went through all the Carpenter movies uh, recently. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 Real good. Real good. That's your number one. That's um, my number one. That's my honorable mention. Uh, Big Trouble, Little China. That's like if you want to get situated with who Kurt Russell is as an actor slash what roles he plays, Big Trouble, Little China is probably a good foundation role for that. Number one though, Escape, Escape from New York. Uh, Snake Plissken. That's his career defining role. That's that he takes. 
everything about an action hero that you know and recognize basically comes from Snake Plissken. It's an amalgamate of Snake Plissken, John McClane, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in any movie in the 1980s. Like that that's your action hero that you know of, and then Rambo, I guess. Uh, so those four. But but Snake Plissken, he's the guy with the quick whip, quick quips. He's the guy with the he's the guy with the greeny voice. I got an eye patch. I don't listen to authority. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I want. Definitely is an eye patch. Uh, Ted, shout out to Ted who could be listening to this. His number one and number two would be both the escapes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And then, uh, and then the other honorable mention that you that you put on your list, Miracle. But but it's he's not really. It's not a Kurt Russell movie. He just makes that movie so much better by by being Kurt Russell in, in Miracle. I mean, it, it's a Kurt Russell movie. More than Fox and the Hound, for sure. No way. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? I don't believe you. Uh, Christmas Chronicles actually is a, a honorable mention for me. Hate- good Christmas hate- movie. Hateful Eight, also another good a mustache. Kurt Russell. I still need to rewatch the miniseries. Him, the, him, the is, recut. him is the fast guys uh, in the fast movies. Mr. You know, Nobody? Mr. What a name. Nobody. Just <laughs> so average, but I'm glad he's getting that paycheck. So shout, re- shout to him getting the paycheck. He's Overboard, uh, the original Overboard, good Kurt Russell. Very good Kurt still Russell. Still haven't seen that movie. If I, uh, if I had room for six and I wanted to include the type of Kurt Russell that I like, which is the like, rom com Kurt Russell, yeah. where he's like just being charming as heck. Overboard. He's just charming as heck in that whole movie. I'll throw, if I had to put a six on there, it's a toss-up between uh, Miracle and Death Proof. Because him and Death Proof, Death Proof with is, his monologues, Death Proof is the other one. him eating the nachos, him like him at the very end where he's about to die, and he goes, oh, no! <laughs> like, really, really good. I, I So I, I, I like to do one Twitter with the movie title that we do just to see uh, what people are tweeting about, uh-huh. about 3,000 Miles of Graceland. Yeah. And uh, Dave Zirin, who wrote... Um, Oh yeah, the history of sports in the United States, like yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like a, a another a sports version of a history of the U.S. Right, right, the right. Howard Zinn book. But yeah, yeah, the Howard Zinn. Book. Uh, he did his top five for Kurt Russell. Oh, number, no. number five uh, performances, performances, not oh. movies. Oh, no. uh, Tombstone five, Escape from New York four, Best of Times three, Death Proof two, and Big Trouble in China number one. See, yeah, he. I don't know what Best of Times. Uh, I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Maybe that's an early. Oh, that's the uh, that's the Robin Williams Kurt Russell movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's thirty. It's also in used cars. Uh, worth checking out. Maybe it's supposed to be a good movie as well. Uh, I think that's a Robert Altman. That's film. Zemeckis. Oh, Zemeckis. Right, Zemeckis's first role, first film. Um, yeah, he's got he's got bangers. Stargate. Yeah, got bangers. Kurt Russell can't make a bad movie. He's made three bad movies in his life, and one of them is this. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and he's great in this movie. So it's it's really hard to, to knock him. Shout out to our guy. Uh, we're gonna play one more quick game, the Make It Fresh. Let's play Make It Fresh. Take the cast that appeared in the movie Three Thousand Miles of Graceland. Let's just rework it together real quick. Sure. How do we make this movie fresh? I think a we need more time with the Slater Arquette Bokeem. Yes. So you, you need more. The heist, uh, the heist happens halfway through the movie instead of in the first act. You need more cruise scenes for sure. And then you you can set it up to where you think the end of the movie is the end of the heist, but then you have like the third act is the chase. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we do get more time with Slater. We need at least one or two more Slater freakouts in there. In- if you're introing the 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 casino and if you're gotta have the casino heist in the first act, 
you got to do callbacks. It's got to be Pulp Fiction-y. You got to be like, here's the heist, but then here's the lead up, and then here's the post. Yeah, we need the planning. I mm-hmm. mean, part of the heist movies... Show me best, more jail sequences. Part of the best part is the planning of the heist. Right. Yeah, yeah. show me Costner and uh, Russell in jail together. Yeah, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, them them all planted it on like... Growing the, their uh, sideburns out. Yeah, growing the sideburns they're out. They're all cutting, they're cutting <laughs> each other's sideburns to make sure they're lined up. Yeah, getting a little weird. Yeah. Both of them getting a little weird. They point of contention on what the best Elvis movie was. Yeah, there's some Elvis stuff in there. I think that's great. And then we we have all the other guys still get murdered. We have mm-hmm. Courtney Cox still kind of involved because um, maybe that should actually, be the ultimate do, twist. Do we? Is she is she the betrayer? Yeah, is she's she's the double crosser at, at the end of Act Three, and Kurt Russell has to. I like, was actually legitimately shocked when so she was part of the original double cross because she she was st- storing the money for Costner though. No, 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 no. She's her son and her stole the money while Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner were going to bury. Uh, yeah, but when Costner when Costner was in the jail cell, yeah, he was saying that the original plan was that she holds onto it till he gets back. Uh, she was supposed to. Uh, was she strong mm, enough to put that that bag up in the ceiling? Right, her and I the think son. That only, I think that only Costner could have done that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and but, he was going to give her 100, 100K, which he said was what she, Russell offered her. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, see, that's another plot hole. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't really understand it. Um, we couldn't tell. We just couldn't tell the motivation of when any of these characters were, A, telling the truth. Right. Which I guess is kind of fun for the mystery of it all, but also like doesn't. Poorly doesn't, done. Yeah, it just doesn't help it make sense. Poorly so, done. So we need that to make more sense. So I right. think that, I think. Making the Cox character a double cross, but not a double cross, where she or she does double cross, but originally she double crosses Russell, but really she's double crossing Costner. Hmm. I bet this movie was offered to Steven Soderbergh. He said, "No, nah, I'm just going to remake this Frank Sinatra movie. It's probably easier." <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, and then I'll, uh, you know, make two more of those for hundreds of millions of dollars." Hell yeah, yeah. Eat this would Kevin. That's the other way to make this fresh. Get Soderbergh. Need a new. You need a new director. You, you need have a new to have a new director, new writer. Yeah, get get. If you really want to make it a tar- Tarantino so offspring, like who do you hire do Tarantino you as a ghostwriter? Like hire Tarantino as a ghostwriter. Have someone else. Have someone else to script have, out the main story. Yeah, and then Tarantino like, just punch it up. Be like Tarantino. We don't have. Uh, I know you're busy. You don't have time to direct this. So just just write it, and then we'll we'll do a true romance on it. Mm-hmm. We'll ha- we'll bring in like Tony Scott. Tony Scott. You know, Oliver True, Stone. True Romance yeah. is the better version of this movie. Yeah, it it really is. Yeah, uh, that's what it's missing. You need some Elvis hallucinations yeah. from both of them, <laughs> yeah. like like Which Kevin Costner. He, he kind of had at the end. Yeah, he, right. At the end, he was like, he thought he was talking to his dad, aka Elvis. Yeah, so stupid. <laughs> but he was like on his deathbed. So yeah, I think uh, <laughs> either go more over the top, I'll let your romance, mm-hmm. or. Bring it back a little bit, have Tarantino write it, and then maybe give it to who would be the guy in two thousand one? Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our guy. Guarantee the goat. The guarantee. Yeah, we'll just say Soderbergh. It should be no, yeah, like you said, it should be Soderbergh or Tony Scott. Like if you're gonna make it action packed and and have s- some comedy sprinkled in, sure, put it in Tony Scott. Otherwise, you know, if you really want to make it heisty and then have a little bit of quirkiness to it, put it in Soderbergh. No, either of those movies is better than what we got, what just watched. Without questions, keep the cast though. The yeah. cast is solid. The cast is the thing you need. You just yeah. tweak the tweak the uh, plot and storyline a little bit, and then get some better direction. Yeah, I don't know how when that guy signs up. 
he uh, doesn't immediately say like, oh, I got Christian Slater on this movie too. Oh shit! Because Damien Lichtenstein worked with uh, Ellie or some some uh, Miss Samaha and said, uh, you know, uh, you know, we could hire Steven Soderbergh for twenty five million, but we could get this guy for fifteen. No, but, this guy for like four. And then you pay him four and then keep the 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you do. There was just a major grift happening during this movie, so I think that's what... Uh... They heisted the heist movie. Can you yeah. believe that? I can't believe it. I think that's really this... The This movie needs its Boondock Saints movie where it's the documentary about how this movie was just like a front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe this is maybe this is uh, the one of the only times you want a producer uh, you know, sticking his fingers, grubby paws in, in a film yeah. and shelving it when he's happy with the director okay what a well monster. not better than the big green no not by a long shot um re-rate it i think it just stays maybe stays 14 may, stays 14 maybe even a little less i give it 12 yeah 12 a couple points down uh just because the opening credits what it what, are, what i gave it children? one i gave it 1.5 stars out of 10 so that i would say that's 15 percent yeah it's about 15 20 yeah i'd say so my blurb is um um, this movie deserves to uh, to die on a toilet weighing 360 <laughs> pounds uh, from a heart attack. Did you know in Elvis's last days he consumed 12,000 calories a day and would spend days in his room just gorging on food and, and pills? What a fascinating uh, story, Elvis. I was thinking about that after I watched the movie for the second time. Yeah. And just like when I was driving around, I was just like, Elvis, man. What the fuck happened there? It's it's decadence. It's 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 uh, excess. The life of excess just just took over he his just entire eat, life. He's just eating cheeseburgers, right? Eating cheeseburgers, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, uh, bacon uh, with bacon. He would uh, he and he just consume a shitload of barbiturates. Just so many pills, and that's I why he died because I, he was so constipated. I so he was exerting so much and had a heart attack. Yeah, I thought those don't um, make you hungry. Probably taking some some uh, some eating pills, you know. Probably getting oh, some some God. some pills to make him eat. Um, oh, what a just a terrible story. I wonder what yeah. the movie's the movie looks. There's no way they talk about his final days in that movie. The movie looks bananas, Fosters. Uh, so I can't wait for Plus it. Peanut butter and jelly and a deep fried <laughs> baby too. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. Uh, but it's Boz Lerman. I doubt they talk about his final days. It'd be great if they will. Like if if like the opening cre- opening sequence is him like like. 400 pounds walking around in a jumpsuit and then him going to the toilet and then that's that's the, like the start of the movie. That'd be awesome. I know that won't be the start of the movie though. It'd be great. If it's him lugging over to the toilet, him like trying to push something out, <laughs> he clutches his chest and then falls off the toilet. <laughs> like that would be that would be the well, the greatest beginning of an Elvis movie ever, but they'll never do that. Grace 3000 Miles of Graceland fails to do either of those things, has no grace and fails to land. Yeah. Yeah. That's my blur. Failure to land. Failure to land. Didn't hit the mark. Uh, any recommendations? What was my blurb? I don't even remember now. You said die on the toilet like a 360 yeah. pound. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I started to get the, that conversation. My real recommendation uh, would have to be... My real recommendation is the... Uh, 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 damn it, what is it? New Kendrick Lamar album. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. Kendrick can do no wrong. That's why I said it. Yeah, I said it. I'm not recommending the new season of Stranger Things because Kyle would be so happy if I mentioned that. So. Have you watched it? Oh, yeah. Totally watched it. Oh, the whole thing? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Somebody, I talked to somebody uh, earlier this week, and they, they were told that the new Stranger Things is terrible. And I said, whoever told you that is 
egregiously lying to you. A few movies I've watched recently. Uh, Fire Island. Oh, yeah. How was Fire Island? Uh, I would recommend. It's a, it's a gay rom-com, right? A gay, uh, gay Pride and Prejudice. Oh, okay. So, okay, I thought it was more funny. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, Top Gun Mav. We can we can we can like them both. Have high recommend that. there. That's a high uh, recommendation. Yeah, turn your ears off for that one, Alex. Yeah, idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Raising Arizona. Oh, you finally watched that? You never I seen had, it before? I had seen it. Oh, okay, you seen it before. First rewatch in a while though, and okay. just wackier than you than I remembered. Man, that's Coen Brothers. Just at its totally finest. wacky. Love the that whole movie. movie is just bananas. It's. I think we talked about it. It's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies of all time. Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter are incredible. In really, movie. really good. And then uh, his, what's his face? His, his facial expressions. The whole movie are just like nuts. His, uh, his eyebrows are all over the place. His hair is constantly wacky. Who's John Goodman's uh, number two in that? You know, I couldn't... He's that guy. I couldn't place his William name. William Forsyth. It is Forsyth. Yeah, it's William Forsyth it in a very for, early it is, role. It is Forsyth. Man, he's so good in it. And then Tex Cobb as, as the big bad. Yep. Man, that, that movie just hits. Hits every... A little, every like, maybe a little bit long, but other than that. The yeah. the whole the whole chase scene. The uh, chase scene. The Huggies diapers scene is one of the funniest chase scenes the, of my entire that life. That chase scene is... It's so good. So good. The dog's running through the house, like the 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 dolly shots. Everything from them taking the bait, actually the very beginning of the movie up through maybe like the very beginning of like the third act. The first like 90 minutes of it are so, so, so good. Yeah. We'll come full circle. I'll come full circle with Sam Raimi on this, but the Coen brothers actually hired and, and used Sam Raimi as a consultant for all those dolly shots for that movie and for um, the next movie that they did, Miller's Crossing. Oh, wow. Really, really, really wow, cool. Wow, wow, cool wow. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, this has been Real Rod in the Podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Letterboxd at Lick Nylons. You can follow Steven at S R A M E E R. Maybe I'll start a letterbox on my vacation. Yeah, start a letterbox on your vacation. I don't even know why. I need to, but I will. You should. It's a good way to keep track of how many movies you've seen. (laughs) I reckon. All right. As we always say, keep it real. Stay rotten. Keep it real. Stay rotten. Nice shot. Something like that. Oh, uh, Uncle Cracker at the end of this. God movie. damn it, that's what I was going to play, Uncle Cracker. <laughs> yeah, at the end. <laughs> we didn't bring it up. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> well, it's the end of the podcast. Leave this in. We're sitting on a yacht in the middle of uh, Skagit Bay uh, with, uh, with I was just, James Wayne. When Grow. it started playing, I was just like, what? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, this was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Supporting, and Worst Screenplay. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We don't need to because yeah. we knew. We knew. Some films are hype, some films are arts, and we like our potatoes, our garden. You are to film, but you can't even. But here comes Nick and Steve, and they break it down, they turn it out. And when it was oh, you on the show, I want my money back. That was real rotten. Real fucking rotten.